Fox News airs story that celebrates transcultic experimentation on children. I guess Fox News hasn't learned any lessons from CNN's self-inflicted wounds and rapid descent into ratings hell. The chief interrelated lessons of which are one, don't promote lies as truth, and two, don't promote evil as good. Fox News just did both and created a firestorm of anger among its faithful viewers. Last week, Fox News, channeling CNN, aired a segment about an ignorant mother and father in California who are raising their now 14-year-old daughter as a boy. Dana Perino introduced the story that was narrated by Brian Yenis. If you go to this article online, you can watch the short video. The story begins with the deceitful claim that Brian Yenis's story about Ryland Whittington's transitioning journey is helping other families. Chemically stopping natural, healthy puberty and then inducing puberty natural to children of the opposite sex is not helping other families, no matter how deeply Whittington's parents, Hillary and Jeff, feel it is. Then Yenis goes off the deep end, asserting that Ryland is a, quote, typical Southern California teenager, end quote. While to Midwesterners, California seems to be a place where an inordinate number of people engage in unnatural body modification, the country is not yet at a point where cross-sex bodily mutilation among children is typical. Yenis, in cahoots with Ryland's publicity-loving parents, then tests the gullibility of viewers by claiming that, quote, somehow, before Ryland could even speak, he managed to tell his parents that he is a boy, end quote. According to her parents, while Ryland was still in a nonverbal stage of life, she told them that she is a boy via her resistance to wearing feminine clothes. Credulous viewers are expected to believe that a nonverbal toddler already knows which clothes are feminine and which are masculine. Children typically start speaking between 12 to 15 months. They are forming simple sentences by about age 18 months. So we are expected to believe that sometime before 12 to 18 months, Ryland knew she was a boy. Further, Ryland's parents would have us believe that her toddler resistance to wearing feminine clothing styles is proof positive that Ryland's brain is male while her body is female. We are also expected to believe that Ryland's certainty during her toddlerhood that she is a boy would have persisted. Relevant fact, before the advent of the trans age, the percentage of young children who suffered from gender dysphoria was exceedingly small, and most were boys. Studies have shown that unless children are affirmed socially and chemically in their corporeal masquerade, upwards of 80% will eventually accept their biological sex. So the question is, how did Ryland's parents know the feelings of their five-year-old daughter would never change? Moreover, should a persistent delusion always be affirmed or ever be affirmed? What about children who persist in their identification as amputees, 
That's body integrity identity disorder. Should they be affirmed, aided, and abetted in their quest for an elective limb amputation? Brian Yanis admiringly reports, quote, When Ryland came out at age five, he had the full support of his parents, end quote. Yanis omitted from his sanguine tale that Ryland was born deaf and had surgery at age one to implant cochlear implants that have enabled her to hear and speak. It's interesting that Ryland's parents would have surgery to restore normal functioning to her ears while using chemicals, and perhaps at some point surgery, to disrupt the normal functioning of Ryland's sexual anatomy. Brian Yenis oddly attributes Hillary, the mother's, support for transcultic beliefs and practices to her, quote, conservative Christian faith. Hillary explained, quote, For me, it's just a deep spiritual belief that you believe in God, and he created us the way he wanted us. Well then, yes, he created Ryland just the way he is, end quote. God creates us. He does not create birth defects, disease, confusion, sinful desires, obsessive thoughts, or mental illnesses. We are born into a fallen world, and the world's fallenness affects our minds, thoughts, bodies, hearts, desires, and wills. Did Hillary's conservative Christian church not teach her about the fall? Ryland's father, Jeff, also cited statistics from the far-leftist Trevor Project on transgender self-harm as a reason for their support. But Trevor Project statistics have been widely criticized, as have been many studies purporting to prove that not only are trans-identifying youth more likely to commit suicide, but also that the cause is societal disapproval. Somehow, most of our intrepid reporters in the news media, including Brian Yenis, haven't been able to find such criticism. Just this past Monday, the Heritage Foundation published a study on suicide among young people that upends the narrative leftists use to terrorize parents into collaborating with the trans-industrial complex in harming children. And I quote, The Heritage study released Monday found that 2020 saw 1.6 more suicides per 100,000 residents ages 12 to 23 in states that allow minors access to puberty blockers and other gender reassignment procedures without parental consent, end quote. That represents a 14% increase in suicides. A 2011 study found another troubling trend, and I quote, persons with transsexualism after sex reassignment have considerably higher risks for mortality, suicidal behavior, and psychiatric morbidity than the general population, end quote. Nor have these reporters managed to dig up exactly who in our esteemed medical and mental health organizations come up with their trans-affirming positions. Let's just say it's a small number of hand-picked, biased members who create policy positions that the rest of the members do not vote on. As I have twice written, only about 30 members of the American Academy of Pediatrics, all leftists, created its pro-transition position. No minority report, 
No votes of all members taken. Within about a year of five-year-old Ryland's coming out, her parents made a video and Ryland became an internet sensation by the time she turned six. Exploiting their own children's gender dysphoria has become a cottage industry. There's the mom who wrote the book, My Princess Boy, and trotted him out on a talk show in a purple tutu where he, visibly uncomfortable, twirled at the urging of Merida Fiera. Then there's Desmond is Amazing and Lactatia, two little boys whose mothers introduced them to drag, facilitated the creation of their drag personas, and then made bank on parading them around dressed in drag. And who can forget Jazz Jennings, born Jared Seth Bloshinsky, the now 21-year-old obese eunuch who pretends to be a woman and whose parasitic parents have profited from his suffering on the TLC show I Am Jazz. The foolish, narrow-minded, sycophant, Yanis, concludes his rhapsodic segment by thanking Ryland and his family for their, quote, extraordinary courage, end quote, in sharing Ryland's story. Yet another lie. It takes virtually no courage for this family to share their story, which they've shared for almost a decade in a viral video, book, legislative hearings, and interviews for the Human Rights Campaign. Yenis repeats the tired trope that, quote, people are often afraid of what they do not understand, end quote, implying that ontological and moral assumptions that are different from those of the trans cult are born of fear. Has he spent any time asking counselors, physicians, pastors, and detransitioners who disagree with the trans cult if their beliefs are born of fear? The controversy this story has generated is well-deserved. On the trans and homosexuality issues, Fox News has segued into advocacy for lies and evil that are harming children, families, religious liberty, and speech rights.